Welcome to episode 37 of the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I am your host and co-founder, Aaron Brightman, coming to you on Thanksgiving Eve, uh, Wednesday, November 23rd. Figured I uh, wanted to get some content out before uh, the holiday, uh, trying to do a podcast a week. And um, so I did solicit some Q&A questions uh, on Twitter for people to, uh, you know, give me topics to talk about. And we're really going to focus on football and basketball, which makes sense right now. You know, I've covered a lot of the fall sports and uh, in terms of, you know, uh, men's and women's soccer losing the first round of the NCAA tournament, field hockey losing to, uh, by the way, eventual national finalist Northwestern, who uh, did not defend their national title. Uh, they lost to North Carolina two to one. But Rutgers has uh, done very well against them uh, in recent years. Uh, so, uh, and beat them this year and then lost in overtime in the Big Ten uh, quarterfinals before Northwestern went all the way to the national title game. So credit to the field hockey team there. But uh, yeah, so just wanted to uh, go through some things. Football, uh, obviously the last game of the season coming up Saturday at noon at Maryland. Huge opportunity. I talked about it on my um, rapid reaction video after uh, last Saturday's loss to Penn State. I think there's just so much riding on this Maryland game from uh, in terms of building momentum going into the offseason, just the program feeling better about itself. The players, the coaching staff, the support staff, the recruiting message, the fan base, everything. Winning this game would be absolutely huge for those reasons. And going into a critical offseason for Greg Schiano entering, well, what would be his fourth season next fall, 2023, uh, which is obviously a critical season for, for the program. So let's uh, let's just dive into some questions here. Uh, and I'm going to start uh, at the top uh, with uh, football, since we are talking about football. Rutgers Chop, uh, appreciate uh, his follow on Twitter and um uh, reading the website as well, he wrote, News on OC, who are the realistic home run hires in your opinion, and what salary will we be dishing out? Also, have you heard anything uh, as to the potential Rutgers football Ireland game? Also, any big names on the transfer portal who are RU has a great chance with? So that's a bunch of questions in one. Appreciate it, Rutgers Chop. News on OC, I did say this a little bit uh, in my rapid reaction on Saturday, um, but the there is no news, uh, and um, I'm flattered that uh, people think I might have scoop. Uh, you know, I did do a, um, you know, a candidate list early in the process, um, but I really, really, really think uh, that Greg Schiano, unless he is truly waiting until after the season, which technically will be next week, to, uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily begin the process, but m- maybe, you know, we'll publicly or interview people that will leak uh, to the press uh, next week. Certainly possible. But I just think all signs, and I'm not, this isn't me saying, uh, you know, it's the only way he can go or the absolute right decision. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that there are advantages uh, to going to uh, keeping uh, Nunzio Campanile uh, Neely in house and promoting him from interim OC to uh, offensive coordinator, I think that's what Chiano's going to do. I, I I don't know that. I just think that it would. It's very odd at this point. I mean, it's been six weeks. We haven't heard any confirmed candidates publicly. 
you know, NJ Advanced Media, for those that want to, you know, gripe about him. I mean, they always find this stuff out. Um, and they haven't they haven't even released, I think another tell, to be honest with you, is they they haven't even released a candidate list. Uh, uh, and I think that's telling, you know. Uh, I said uh, in my podcast uh, the, the day that Gleason was fired, if you listen to Shiano's comments, which I did broadcast on the podcast, you know, he even said, he, he made a comment uh, in regard to if if an outside search was necessary, to, something to that regard. I can't remember it exactly, but I thought he sounded very much in that press conference like he was really hoping that Nunzio would work out. Um, I think the, obviously the trust factor uh, is huge there. Um, you have the New Jersey connections. You have uh, the recruiting connections. Um, you know, the, the players, uh, obviously the familiarity the system that he's kind of tweaked in the middle of the year and changed, um, you know, they could then hit the ground running in the off season. So I do see positives in going that route. I think the flip side of that is, you know, uh, Rutgers shop asked who are the home run hires? I, you know, what a home run hire may, constitutes as, I mean, if we're talking about a big name, you know, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I don't see a big name. I know people mentioned like Phil Longo, uh, you know, as a possibility, um, I, 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 I don't know why Phil Longo would leave North Carolina for Rutgers right now. And, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but it doesn't really make sense in his career, especially, um, just with the success they're having this season. He's really got things clicking in, in Chapel Hill. And then you have Warren Ruggiero, who other people have, have mentioned, uh, he's from Glenrock. You know, I, I think there are some ties there with, with Shiano, but again, Wake Forest is really good too. And you're leaving the ACC, which is, a, let's be honest, a soft conference to come to the Big Ten and recruit. You know, it, it's, you know, these guys are not spring chickens. They're in their 50s. And um, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I, I think they would be great. They would be fantastic hires. But I think those would be home run hires you could identify. And I just don't see it being a realistic option. Um, and then I think there's other candidates. There's, there's young up and coming, uh, you know, candidates, I think, that could uh, – be um, good options, um, but I, I I don't know if you know that is any better than what they have in house simply because of um, what I talked about the advantages with Nunzio and and, and what he offers. Um, you know, I just uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I think uh, you know, like Matt, Matt Simon is someone I'm talking about as an example, uh, who's co-offensive coordinator at Minnesota. You know, I think he has a great resume. Um, you know, uh, I, the coach at Fordham, you know, people have mentioned as, as a possible candidate and, you know, people really love, uh, he's done amazing things at Fordham, uh, with the offense there and, and just a dynamic offensive coach, uh, Joe Conlon. But, um, you know, I, I, I personally, again, I don't know anything, but just reading the tea leaves, reading the signs, it just seems to me very much that, uh, Nunzio is going to be the internal pick. Uh, which I would think we would find out next week. Like maybe Chiana will say after the season, after the Maryland game early next week, that he is conducting a, an outside search uh, and that he, you know, or, or knowing him, he wouldn't say that, but maybe reports will come out. I think after Saturday, that's when the watch starts. If we start getting reports from NJ.com or other sources, uh, you know, national media, um, you know, Pete Thamel is one that's tight with Shiano. If they start reporting things, then I think, you know, okay, this is real. They're going to get someone from the outside. I think if a few days go by and you don't hear anything, 
For me, I think that means an announcement on Nunzio is coming soon. Again, I don't know. That's just my gut putting it out there. Uh, next question, uh, Rutgers Chop asks, have you heard anything on the potential Rutgers football Ireland game? So I, I'm, I'm assuming this is based on the um, Ireland tourism meeting with Rutgers uh, in late summer, early fall that took place. Um, you know, I have not heard anything. I, I you know, I, I thought it was a little odd that they were pitching Rutgers directly. I would imagine it goes through the Big Ten. The Big Ten has done some games in Ireland recently, uh, Northwestern and Nebraska this year. But as far as I know, Rutgers' schedule for next year at least is set. You know, they are due to host Northwestern to open the season on Labor Day weekend. Then they have Temple. Then they have Virginia Tech. You know, their bye is, is um, you know, uh, midway in the season. I, I believe it's week eight actually next year. Um, so I, I, I don't see how that's possible for next year. Now, maybe, maybe they are talking about future years. Um, that's certainly possible. Uh, but I haven't heard anything uh, directly about next season or anything being um, eminent uh for for rutgers and just confirming that their bye week is it is week uh yeah they, they it's week nine actually so they play eight games and they have a bye i can't see how there's any wiggle room um in terms of juggling the conference schedule at this point uh all right moving on and then his last question um you know any big names on the transfer portal who are you has a great chance with you know uh, very hard to tell. I, I, Shiano was asked about it this week. He, he didn't make the kind of comment that they're preparing. Um, and that I, I think that they're probably going to try to hit the ground running on Sunday as soon as the season's over. Um, you know, one name that I've heard multiple Rutgers fans mention is Cade McNamara, the quarterback at Michigan, who lost his starting job to JJ um, uh, McCarthy. Uh, and, um, you know, again, not trying to be disrespectful, but I, I just cannot see any reason that Cade McNamara would come here. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have plenty of, of offers. And I, I think it's just, to be honest, it's a, it's a, it's a realistic, we have to look at things realistically. The offensive line has been really bad. No quarterback with the right mind is, 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 you know, going to, going to jump at that situation. I'm sorry, but they're just not, you know, and uh, Samuel Brown showed a lot of promise at running back. Manunga has been, you know, ha had that big game against Michigan state, but the running game overall hasn't been good. The wide receivers, you know, have struggled at times. I mean, this is an offense that's a work in progress. They don't have a, a, an offensive coordinator right now. So that's the other thing I think the advantage as we're talking, I'm realizing that, you know, if you go with Nunzio, it's going to allow you to, to also hit the ground running with the transfer portal in terms of targeting offensive candidate, uh, offensive um, players out on the portal that you want to target. So, and they are going to need to get a quarterback, um, you know, assuming Gavin Wimsat stays, um, you still need to get a legitimate um, quarterback uh, in some capacity. They don't have anyone in the recruiting class. It doesn't seem like they're pursuing anyone. So they need to get a transfer portal quarterback. Um, one thing I'll say about Wimsat, you know, I, I'm hoping he stays. I think that's another benefit of sticking with Nunzio. If they have a good relationship, um, you know, I'm hearing they do. Uh, I think Nunz has, has helped him uh develop already this season obviously ones that had a step back last week but i think that nunzio has definitely helped develop him um and nunzio i mean let's be honest it's going to be hard to bring in an offensive coordinator that actually has you know more quarterbacks uh that are notable that have been developed by by nunzio himself i mean matt sims um you know in high school uh gary nova mike teal uh jared Guant garantano i mean those are big names that you know 
Uh, I mean, Sims and Garantano, you know, Garantano didn't have the best, you know, college career. Um, but those guys went on to, you know, big programs. So <clears throat> I think, again, going back to the OC question, I think a lot of signs point to Nunzio. I think there's a lot of legitimate reasons you can argue why it makes the most sense. And as we're talking, I think the transfer portal, it will allow you to really jump into it. Um, you know, you announce Nunzio, that's your guy. Um, but no, a big name portal, guys. I mean, listen, they're going to they need a tight end. They need wide receivers. You know, hey, go get another running back. You need offensive line. I mean, you need help everywhere. So not having a, you know, are they going to waste two weeks, even four weeks? I mean, you know, some home run hires for OC are going to be in bowl games. So then potentially you can't even talk to them until after. I mean, I just think, you know, it's it's um, it's going to be interesting. But in terms of the portal, I'm sure we'll start to hear a lot of names next week. I don't know any specifically that I can share, but I do think, um, you know, fans that think that K McNamara is going to even consider Rutgers, I, I honestly don't think that's going to happen. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, Friday night lights. Why, for the love of God, is our football Rutgers football visitor section in the 100 level and not in the 200s? I've been to Minnesota, Iowa, Ann Arbor, and they've all sat in the t- in the visit the, sat the visitors in the top corner. What gives? Bev five ten replied. We've been to Wisconsin, Michigan State, Michigan, Maryland, Penn State, Nebraska, and the only place we've been upstairs is Penn State. So a little bit of conflicting data there. I have been to Penn State. I went to Penn State when Ray Lucas was quarterback for Rutgers, and I can confirm it's in the uh, back then Beaver Stadium when you know had already been renovated. We were in the upper section, uh, to one slim section, and you're just berated by Penn State fans. I mean, I was a teenager, and I remember getting yelled at. And that we actually gave Penn State a pretty good, um, you know, battle that year. Uh, it was had to be, it was either late nineties or uh, excuse me, late eighties, early nineties. I was a uh, you know a young teenager, uh, but um, Ray Lucas was the quarterback, and Rutgers you know hung with him in the first half, and then you know got blown out in the second half. But um, yeah, hostile place to play for sure. My uh, my father's car got hit by a Winnebago. True story. Uh, so anyway. Um, I don't know why Rutgers does it. I mean, honestly, it's hospitality. I have to say that. I mean, it's. I think they always have, uh, you know, at least since we joined the Big Ten. But I kind of always remember that way before the Big Ten. So um, it sounds like from Bet 15, 510, that other schools do it as well. She meant, uh, they mentioned uh, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Mich- uh, Michigan, and Maryland and Nebraska. Uh, although Maryland, you can pretty much sit wherever you want. Huge attendance problem there. Probably more Rutgers fans there than than Maryland fans this week. But um, but yeah, I don't have a good answer for you. I guess yes, they could in theory put them in the two hundreds. But um, I guess you know we're being ho- hospitable, which you know I can't argue with. Uh, I I can't say I dislike that. Uh, all right, Scarlet Deacon, uh, status of the football fieldhouse and rack renovation. Um, you know I, I don't have any specific update. I do uh, believe that they are trying to get the rack renovation done uh, sooner rather than later. Meaning, um, you know, at some point in the next, you know, I, th- I think we'll know for sure after this season. But I, I even think they're going to try to do it in the off season coming up. Um, and and I, I know they're working on on they're working on a ton of scenarios in terms of, you know, do, do they have to miss a whole season at the rack? Can they just miss partial time? Can they get it all done in an off season? Um, obviously the uh, credit coming from governor Murphy, you know, I don't know what the expiration date is, but I have to imagine it's something they have to use pretty, you know, sooner rather than later. 
Um, but it's definitely going to happen. The rack renovation is going to happen first before the football field house and the field house, you know, I, I think a telling sign to you is that Chiano is not really talking about it. Chiano was talking about NIL and this week, um, you know, it was a very big deal. Pat Hobbs, athletic director came out and urged Rutgers fans to support NIL causes and, uh, for the student athletes. He, uh, publicly endorsed Knights of the Raritan and Knight Society. That was a big step forward. Uh, after some recent NCAA guidance that which Hobbs cited as his reason to now being able to come out and, and support these organizations. So um, Shiano has been pushing for NIL. He talked about NIL recently. It was either last week or the week before that it was really important in the, um, you know, in the next month, December, when the portal names uh, and uh, the portal, the names are officially contact can happen. I believe it's uh, after the first week of December. Um, so there'll be a little bit of leeway after the season in terms of people deciding and things like that, but, um, before programs can contact them, but you know how things go. I mean, th th there's back channels. People are contacted. People will be contacted on Sunday. I'm not saying by Rutgers, but, uh, you may even have Rutgers players contacted, um, if they haven't already. I mean, I think, you know, someone commented on Facebook this week and said, oh, you know, NIL is going to ruin everything. It's, it's, it's going to make the haves and the have nots. And. My, I actually wrote them back. I don't always respond on Facebook, but I was like, listen, it's always been that way. It's always been the haves and haves nots. Now we just know over the table who is putting the most money into their programs. They were doing it before. Now it's easier for them to do it. Now the gap is going to widen, I think. Um, but it's always been happening. And Rutgers has always been part of the have nots in terms of, you know, uh, uh Paying, I mean, Rutgers hasn't, you know, to my knowledge, you know, broke any rules in terms of recruiting. I don't think that they have. Uh, I think, you know, the, you could see programs that maybe don't make sense to have. I mean, I mean, look at Texas A&M with their roster having a terrible season, but they outwardly spent, you know, so much money uh, on NIL. But it's it programs, you know, uh, SEC, it's, it's a different animal in terms of what they do and how much money they put into things. And um, you know, I want to stay clear of ac accusing any schools of, of paying recruits under the table, but I mean, it's been happening for years. It's been happening for years and Rutgers has certainly been impacted in a negative way, uh, by losing recruits to some of those schools. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, NIL is, is a positive. It's positive for the student athletes. I don't agree with people that think it's, you know, they should just go to school and shut up and, you know, uh, be happy with what they're provided with. I mean, uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, all about promoting their brands. And I mean, you know, you have social influencers now. I mean, to say student athletes can't do that themselves doesn't make sense. So anyway, uh, moving on uh, from that. But I do think the rack renovation is going to happen. You know, I, I think we're going to hear news soon. And I think it's uh, I believe it's going to something's going to happen starting in the off season. Uh, hopefully they do not have to salvage a whole season away from the rack and they can figure something out. I, I also know that they've been working on. Um, you know, different scenarios, whether it's way, playing at the Prudential Center, playing in Trenton, um, playing at Jadwin Gym where Princeton plays. I, I think they're right now uh, exploring every avenue and option they have in terms of how they're going to get this done. The field house, I think, is ways off. I think, I, you know, they're still raising money for it. And with Shiano pushing the NIL, I think that that's a sign that he's not uh, obviously he wants it. But I think he's prioritizing NIL right now over this, over the field house. <clears throat> okay, Team Chrissy Racing. Has someone done the Excel math yet to see how many five and seven teams will bowl? And if you think Shiano will accept the bid if offered again, I think with giving up the second half of the year for quarterback development, he'd have to be he'd have to or be questioned. 
So um, I'm going to defer to my uh, um, former uh, On the Banks colleague and, and great beat writer for NJ Advanced Media, Brian Fonseca, who I did have on the podcast recently. Um, he did a whole article on this recently and did the math and crunched the numbers and looked at all the other five five win teams already and the teams with four wins ahead of Rutgers or ahead of Rutgers and APR and all the different opening bowl slots and all that. And uh, basically the the short answer that he gave was Rutgers basically has no chance to advance at five and seven this year. Uh, so um, I don't think that's going to be a possibility. I trust Brian's judgment there, but just looking at what he talked about in terms of crunching the numbers and um, you know, what would have to happen. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a very, very, very slim chance that Rutgers would get there, even if they do win on Sunday against Maryland. So I don't think it's going to come to that this year. Um, and yeah, it does hurt. You're right. Uh, not having that extra month of development uh, will certainly hurt. Uh, sports fan too. Uh, Lucy is a, uh, bad dog. Uh, I think that's what their, their actual, uh, account name is. Um, will McConnell play this year for hoops? Yes, he's going to play. Uh, he's definitely, um, you know, it, it, it was, it, the knee was more than a tweak for sure. A tweak is not, you know, miss the first five games of the season and, you know, be out for, uh, I mean, he, he heard it the week of big 10 media day. Uh, which was uh, middle of October, I guess the second week of October. We're now entering the end of November. So that is, you know, we're at six weeks at this point. That is certainly more than a tweak. But um, definitely, if you know, if it was something serious, if it was season ending, he would have had surgery by now. And I, I don't think they're being coy. Um, you know, he is practicing. Uh, the commentator for, uh, it was Sean Burnham for um, the Temple game was saying that he watched him and shoot around before the Temple game last Friday. He looked really good. He was dunking. He was moving around really well. Um, so he has not been cleared for physical contact yet. Uh, and that's why he was held out again last night against Ryder. I do think there's a chance he could play Saturday. And I do think that they're, they're, they're I think the whole plan was to get him back for this upcoming Five game stretch uh, starting at Miami uh, next week, which we're going to talk about shortly. Uh, I'm just kind of going in order here. So, jumping around between basketball and football. Um, Dan Grief, at what point can we question if Shiano is going to get the job done? And then I'm going to piggyback that with not Dan Snyder. Can we talk about an assessment of where the football program is at? Uh, really tough to tell from the outside. So, I think these are my last two football questions. So, I'm going to focus on these now. Um, so both good questions. Uh, and you know, I, am going to be truthful. I, 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 I've, I try to be as, um, objective as possible. I try to be as measured as possible. And the honest answer is, I, I, I think it's really hard to tell. I think that it, it, you know, certainly there's signs of, uh, progress and there's also signs of stagnation and concern. Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag to be honest with you in terms of how I look at it. Um, you know, what I talked about, uh, at my rapid reaction after the loss to Penn state, I, th I think is, you know, I've, I've always called this a developmental year. Um, so many young players playing for this program. Uh, the, the, I think the, the fair thing, the question at this point, and that's why another reason I think the Maryland game is so important is that, you know, if you lose Maryland, you lose, you, you end the season on a four game losing streak, um, you know, potentially on the score. I mean, you had four blowout losses. Uh, you had two one-score uh, losses that, you know, in reality, they, they really could have won, if not for some back-breaking mistakes. That's uh, Nebraska and Michigan State. You had the Iowa game. They lost by 17, but you could argue, you know, two back-breaking turnovers. That game could have been very different as well. 
Um, and then you beat Indiana. Uh, the Maryland game really will, uh, I think, you know, have a lot of uh, weight in terms of how the overall season is judged. But I think for me, it's the mistakes. It's it's the repeated backbreaking mistakes in key moments of big games. Um, you know, and I, I is it a lack of experience? I, I think so. This is how you have to evaluate it, right? Why are they making these mistakes repeatedly in uh, key clutch situations? Is it a lack of experience? Is it poor coaching? Is it um, just a lack of execution on the player? Uh, you know, it, 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 in be, because they're not good enough. Is it a lack of execution because um, there's not a good enough understanding of what they're trying to do? Um, you know, is it the opponent? Are we just not good enough versus you know the 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 powerhouse teams uh, and we're just not talented enough. Is it, you know, a, a situation of nerves? Is it a situation of, you know, injury and players just are playing hurt? And not, I mean, there's so many variables you have to look at to look at it fairly, you know, and it's honestly, the reality is it's never one thing. It's never one thing. It is the, uh, the end of the third season. I mean, we all thought for the most part, four to five wins was the goal. Um, you know, I've said this many times now, you know, predicting four to five wins and living through it are two completely different things. I think that, um, you know, living through some of these losses this year has been tough, especially with just the last, you know, eight years or so. I mean, it's been tough to be a Rutgers football fan. And of course, people got excited when Shiano came back. And I, you know, I almost think he's hurt by the fact that he did have such instant success in 2020, getting those three Big Ten wins. After the uh, you know the the lack of success he he uh, the program had with him coming back, um, you know he did inherit a mess. He did inherit a roster nowhere near the capabilities of a Big Ten roster needing to be, um, you know. And he has he has shown some progress, but at the same time, you know this team. I mean this the personality, the identity of this team is that when they have a chance to really challenge teams in Big Ten play, they make tons of mistakes whether it's penalties, whether it's turnovers, whether it's bad decisions, a lack of execution. Um, you know, the penalties have just been really uh, frustrating um, all season. And, you know, special teams play has been bad uh, in terms of penalties and mistakes. Um, you know, uh, the tackling has been pretty good for the defense, but, um, you know, like the Minnesota game, tackling was terrible. Uh, the red zone has been really bad in terms of stopping opponents, but the defense is also the bright spot of the program. There's a lot of young players that all have multiple years of eligibility coming back for the most part. Uh, so that's a promising unit and they've done some good things, but you know, again, I think people were hoping they would be a great defense this year and they're not, they're not a great defense. They're better than average. They've had their moments, but you know, they're also, I think getting really worn down by the lack of offensive um, production uh, and I think, you know, will Shiano ever get it done? How can we judge what he's done so far? Um, you know, in, in terms of, of where we're at, uh, you know, based on the questions of, of not Dan Snyder and, uh, Dan grief. Um, I think we need the Maryland game until I do a full assessment. Uh, and I am going to do a full assessment, but I think for me, the biggest concern, um, is, where the program's at at the end of the season, right? We've seen, and again, we, we it's impossible to know players that that experienced, um, that gained all this experience this season, how are they going to develop in the offseason and how is that going to move this team forward next year? We don't know that. And I don't think 
you can predict that completely. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, there's definitely some promising players on this team. There's a lot of young players. I think um, that, that, you know, have uh, the potential to be really good. I think the question is, it's a, it's a depth thing. Is, is Rutgers ever going to get over the hump in regard to having enough depth, having enough talent to really move up the ladder in the big 10. And that's where my big concern points to. And that's, that's recruiting. And unfortunately, um, you know, Rutgers football has kind of taken a step back with this recruiting class um, this this coming year. And I think that for me, you know, it's it's like a chicken, chicken in the head, chicken in the head, right? Uh, theory or a chicken in the egg theory. Excuse me. Uh, I'm tired. Um, <clears throat> in terms of you win and you get better recruits, you recruit better and you win. Well, you know. I think Rutgers has lost some momentum. Right now their class is ranked 55th overall in the composite rankings for uh, 24-7 sports. And, um, you know, that's uh, that's not where you need to be to add legitimate talent and depth to this roster. So that's a major concern for me right there. Um, you know, I think Shiano and the staff have done a good job of identifying players that, you know, aren't highly ranked. But you, you at the end of the day, it's, it is very much a lot about talent and you know the transfer portal is important Rutgers has done a good job in the transfer portal you know Sean Ryan has been great um but you know, they've had misses too uh the offensive line specifically uh you know some help some misses um but I think it's is 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 Shiano going to be able to continue to upgrade the talent and depth of this team to get it to a level where they can take uh another step and is that going to eliminate mistakes that we've seen that have killed this team all season that, to me, is the essence of everything uh, in regard to Rutgers football right now. So in regard to that criteria, I, I, I do think that it's, you know, he needs more time. I know that people think three years is enough now, but, you know, I also think that Rutgers is a different situation. It's not just that he inherited a bad roster, but it's, you know, it's, you know, it, it's years of losing with this program and that the bad press that it got, I mean, it doesn't just change overnight. And, and honestly, I think the whole idea that if Rutgers could just recruit New Jersey and the football program would be turned around, I actually don't think that's true. I think you have to have success in other regions. I like that Chiano is going back into Florida. I like that he's really pursuing Ohio makes sense. Um, I, I think they need to continue to, um, you know, go into those avenues and go into other recruiting circles because they're never going to get all the top New Jersey recruits. There's going to be certain New Jersey recruits that want to leave the state and go to those big time programs. So it's never going to change. Uh, uh, you have to change it yourself. And that means exploring other options. And that's what Rutgers has done. So for me, it, recruiting is so such a big part of this. We'll see where this class finishes. We'll see how they do in the transfer portal. That really, to me, is is, is key, uh, as well as the development of the existing players. How many are they going to keep? How many are they going to lose to the transfer portal? How many are they going to lose to NIL? It all remains to be seen. I mean, it's going to be a fascinating offseason. It really is. Um, and I think that you know we could judge this team for what it is. I think we'll see. Uh, I, I need to see Saturday to, to know for sure. I think if they can go out and play a relatively clean game and, and upset Maryland, that would leave a great uh, taste in everyone's mouth and I think would show that, hey, this team got, got better. You know, Shiano promised in September this team would be better in November. I don't know if that's true right now. I don't know if that's the case. I, I, I would lean towards it's not. That's why I need to see Maryland and hope that, hey, they can prove that, yes, we've gotten better. 
yes, the competition has been harder, but you know, R- R- Rutgers, I, I did not understand the whole thing that Rutgers, you know, was leading Michigan at the half and that showed progress for the program when they lost by one score in the big house last season. And to be honest with you, if they had any offensive attack, they could have won that game. I mean, you can almost argue they should have won that game last year, you know? So uh, I, I, they, they were, they just fell off the horse. And yes, you know, the Vedral versus wins that difference is that cautious in points. Um, you know, I mean, they, they were just uh, non-competitive, less competitive against the big three, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State this year than they were last year. Ultimately, I, I've been a proponent. I don't think that matters in the long term in terms of where this program needs to be. They need to beat the Maryland's, the Indiana's, the Michigan State's. They need to beat those West teams. They need to be, you know, they need to beat Iowa in a down year. They need to beat Nebraska in a down year. They need to beat, you know, uh, the Purdue's and uh, Northwestern's. Those are the teams they have to beat. And, you know, is that asking too much? I don't think it's asking too much. Beating the Blue Bloods, yeah, it's asking too much. But can Greg Schiano get this team to the point where, you know, the winnable Big Ten games, they can win, you know, the majority of them. And that didn't happen this year, and it was a lot to do with mistakes. So maybe it is a year where, you know, the youth grew up. I mean, about 70% of the roster is freshmen and sophomores. So I really think next year we have to see, you know, if they if they take a big step forward next year, then you look back at this year and you say, well, it makes sense, you know, and then they needed to go through what they went through. They had to go through that adversity to get better. Um, you know, no one wants to live through adversity, you know, when especially when you're rooted for a program that, you know, <laughs> their uh, mantra could be uh, adversity here and now and forever. Uh, maybe that's a bad joke, but you know what I'm saying here. And, uh, I think next year is just huge. I'm not saying, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think if, if, if we see another four and eight year next year, uh, I think it's going to be tough to believe that things can get turned around. I don't think you can make that judgment yet in year three, simply because of the, the makeup of the program and the roster. Uh, and I think this next, you know, off season a year is, is really going to tell us a lot more about what Shiano 2.0 is going to stand for and what it's going to be in terms of can he get them back uh, to uh, true respectability, uh, regular bowl games, uh, and middle of the pack to borderline top half of the Big Ten. I think the next year is going to really be critical in in achieving that or not. Uh, so that's, that's what I got on football. I'm going to now jump back to basketball. I did answer one question um, about McConnell. Yes, he's definitely going to play this year. Um, Brian Gal, does the Temple loss hurt come March considering McConnell and Mokihi were out? Um, it hurts in the sense of, you know, that was a uh, opportunity to win a game on a neutral court, which helps your resume right now. You know, Temple is firmly in the Ken Palm top 100 net rankings haven't come out yet. They come out mid December. Um, so we'll see where they shake out, but, um, I, I think it's going to be a quad two loss probably, which isn't, um, you know, terrible, uh, teams get quad two losses all the time. So if it stays a quad two loss, it really doesn't hurt. Um, you know, does the committee take into account uh, injuries, uh, NCAA tournament selection committee? I, they, they, they're supposed to, um, you know, so I, listen, I've said if Temple is the worst loss that happens to Rutgers um, in a non-conference, then that's a positive. And um, I think that's going to be the case. Now that they got through Ryder, uh, Coppin State does scare me uh, in December with, um, Sam Sessoms uh, and Compensate has given teams some fits at times. But, um, you know, if you get through the non-conference, uh, obviously, you know, uh, I, Wake Forest. And, so someone else asked me, where are they? They asked me about the five games coming up. Uh, so we'll jump into that. Let me just uh, see here. 
in terms of that question. Okay, here it is. Um, that was uh, Rutgers Hoops Insider. Aaron, going into the next stretch of five games, do you think Rutgers will go 5-0, and 4-1, 3-2, 2-3, 1-4, 0-5? And how important of a stretch is it? It's a very important stretch. Uh, so they play uh, Central Connecticut State on Saturday, and then they go into a five-game stretch where they have Miami at Miami. You have Indiana at home, the Big Ten favorite, uh, playing very well so far this season. Then you're at Ohio State, uh, and then you host Seton Hall and Wake Forest. So the road games are going to be tough. Um, if you win either of those road games, it's absolutely huge. Uh, I think they are both winnable. Uh, I think Miami and Ohio State are good. I don't think they're unbeatable. I don't think they're great. Um, I, I, you know, I don't love the matchups uh, in terms of with Miami with Nigel Pack and um, Isaiah Wong. You know, I think uh, could pose a problem for the for the defensively for, for Rutgers in the backcourt. Um, but I like what Steve Peichel's doing, just with mixing defenses. Um, you know, mixing a little zone against Ryder, uh, full court press, which worked really well against Temple. I, th- I think this team is, you know, you get McConnell back. I mean, they've been, you know, they're ninth in defensive efficiency nationally right now per Kempom. So, uh, you know, they're they're in, uh, you know, their turnover rate, defensive turnover rate, their defensive seal rate. Um, you know, holding opponents uh, to under 20% from three-point range. Defensively, this team is looking really good. Will it hold up against good teams? Remains to be seen, but I think it gives them a really good chance to, to come out of this stretch. I think, you know, no, they're not going to go 5-0. and I mean, that would be amazing if they did. And, and no, they're not going to go own 5 You know, I think, you know, if you go 3-2 and two or better, it's huge. You can't go worse than two and three, I don't think. Uh, I mean, you can. I mean, I think that, that's the that's the kind of caveat in as, answering this type of question is last season taught us, you know, they're never out of it. They're never out of it until they're truly out of it. And so whatever happens in December, they're not going to be out of it. Um, that being said, uh, you know, if I think you have to win Seton Hall and Wake Forest at home. I think winning Indiana at home would be huge, obviously. Uh, if you win just – if you hold serve at home in those three big games – uh, it's huge. And I think it really helps you. If you can, you know, squeak out, if you lose to Indiana at home, I think you really need to pick up a road win. Uh, and whether that's at Miami or Ohio state, um, you know, it's pretty similar in terms of where they're ranked Kempom wise and all that. So, uh, I, I, you know, I honestly, I prefer Ohio state simply because it's a big 10 game and helps in the standing. So, um, three and two is, is what I think the goal should be. Um, you know, two and three, not catastrophic, one and four would be very disappointing and certainly put them, I think, you know, behind the um, behind where they want to be in terms of a resume. Um, anything better than three and two would be uh, fantastic. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think they can go three and two. I think they, you know, possibly could go four and one. You know, do I think they're going to go one and four? I mean, I, I don't think so. Um, I, I think Seton Hall and Wake Forest are two games that they, they're, they're good. I think they're going to win those games, to be honest. Um, but, you know, it's college basketball. I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And I think, you know, I think winning that Indiana game at home would just set a huge tone for the Big Ten season, for the rest of the season, and give this team confidence. Now, can they do it? It remains to be seen. Um, but, yeah, so in terms of basketball, I think they, ha- they, I think they have to go two and three, meaning they can't, they can't reasonably go worse than two and three and feel good about things. I think going three and two would be, you know, where you want to be. Anything else is gravy. Talking about, uh, you know, turkey on my mind for tomorrow. Uh, okay, more hoops questions. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Where are we with the hoops recruiting class for 23? What are realistic options for a big, assuming Cliff goes pro? So some recruiting news. I did write about this recently in terms of three big man targets that uh, Rutgers had. Um, they're unfortunately all off the table. Five-star uh, uh, Bayfall announced he's going to Arkansas. Arkansas just littered with five-stars uh, recruits. Uh, Rutgers was a finalist. Um, you have Laji Dembele. Uh, from St. Benedict's, who chose Iowa over Rutgers. Uh, they were a finalist there. Uh, and then you had uh, um, Ruben Chenyelu, who chose Washington State over Rutgers, which really hurts. I really liked him. He's on the Nigerian national team. He's the one, I mean, Bayfall, obviously, I mean, he's a five-star, but I thought realistically Ruben Chen, uh, Chenyelu, 6'10", uh, you know, uh, can stretch the floor. Uh, I thought he was the guy that, that, you know, I really hope they would get. He went to Washington state. So all I can say is that, you know, NIL was certainly a factor for all three of these guys. Um, and, and, and it hurt Rutgers in terms of the, the recruiting uh, for these guys. So who's next? Um, I know they've been pursuing some kind of unranked, uh, you know, kind of raw potential guys, um, you know, and I'll write about this soon, but you know, 23 also is interesting because, you know, they have Gavin Griffiths, uh, you know, the, the highest recruit of the Pico era. He signed, sealed, and delivered. He was at the Ryder game. Um, you know, so he's a big-time recruit. So, you know, I wish we got one of those three bigs, but at the same time, we have a, a legit stud, arguably the best shooter in the 23 class coming in. You know, you are going to lose um, Kayla McConnell after this season. You know, they they obviously very well could lose Cliff. You know, Paul Mulcahy could opt not to come back. He does have another year. He could come back. He already graduated uh, undergrad. He is in a master's program. But so, um, you know, how many spots are available? Technically, just two right now, knowing Caleb's leaving and knowing there's an extra spot. Um, other spots could open up. But my point is there's not a ton of, you know, spots that are going to be open. Pykele always likes to leave one open. And I think that, you know, they're probably going to have to pursue the transfer portal. And that will be the way they go to get another bank. Um, that's my gut uh, because I don't think they're really close and, and have any top targets in terms of highly ranked guys available anymore. Uh, talking about 24, uh, Rutgers is in, in, involved with a lot of top recruits, uh, no more bigger than Dylan Harper, brother of Ron Jr., uh, who you know recently took an official to Duke, um, you know, could go anywhere he wants. Duke is all over Dylan. Um, you know, he also recently visited Indiana. Um I think that Rutgers has a really good chance with him. He is now a top 20 recruit in the class of 2024. Tyler Betsy, another New Jersey recruit, was at Rutgers for the Ryder game as well. He's a four-star recruit, big-time recruit. Also picked up a Duke offer recently. You know, and those guys have talked about coming to Rutgers openly, and they've talked about coming to Rutgers together. You know, will it happen? I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I really, really hope so. But again... Is NIL going to be a factor for those guys? Is it not going to be a factor? It wasn't a factor for Gavin Griffiths, um, but it is going to be a factor for other guys. Is it going to be a factor for Dylan Harper? I don't know. Um, it's it's too early to know. But I, I, I listen, I, I think if you go back, and I even saw someone on the message boards actually write this in a positive way, which was I was thrilled about, was that you know um, they've had more high four and five-star recruits visit in the last couple of years than Rutgers. I mean, I... There's no official statistic on this, but probably ever. And yes, you know, they, they haven't gotten a lot of them, but they're, they, they're getting some. And I'm telling you, I really feel like Peichel is just building, 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 building. And 
things are just going to keep getting better in terms of recruiting perspective. I think there's legitimate momentum there. I think obviously making the NCAA tournament this year is, is vital. I think that they're in a good position to have a good 2024 recruiting class where I think, you know, there's going to be four or five spots available potentially. Um, I think, you know, how he finishes 23 with Gavin Griffiths. I mean, that is a nice, uh, that is a big time recruit to have in your back pocket already signed and sealed. Um, and then the transfer portal, of course, uh, and, but I mean, look, you know, Derek Simpson and, uh, Antoine Wolfork have made big impressions already as, you know, three-star recruits, uh, Pykel knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And I just think that he's building, 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 and, you know, it's not going to be overnight and maybe they're never going to get, you know, five-star recruits at Rutgers, uh, because of the lack of NIL. Uh, but I think that, you know, the roster is going to keep getting more talented and more talented. I really do. Uh, okay, a couple more for you. Um, let's see. Uh, question, why can't they make their layups? <laughs> uh, you know, listen, Rutgers struggles inside some. They're shooting a little under 50% of layups. They are making their dunks. So I always look at that stat when layup, you just look at layups. You have to look at dunks too. And, you know, Rutgers is making their dunks. So they're actually right at 50, a little bit better. But, you know, listen, a lot of teams, I think people are under the impression that every, every team, other team makes 80% of their layups. It doesn't happen. Um, and layup is like a loose term for, you know, near distance to the rim. So you're talking about being contested in the rim, physical contact near the rim. Um, you know, can Rutgers do better in terms of making layups near the rim and finishing at the rim? Absolutely. Um, do I think it's a huge problem? I don't. Uh, I, I, and I think they'll get better at it. Uh, I think you have guys like, you know, Wolf Fork, who's under control near the rim. Mag, I think, is getting better near the rim. Cliff, you know, is an all-time finisher at the rim. Um, you know, I think Caleb is going to finish a lot near the rim when he comes back. Uh, you know, Hyatt uh, needs to do a better job of finishing near the rim. But I think this team is going to be fine offensively. I really do. I think they're really balanced. And I think there's a lot to be um, optimistic about when it comes to them offensively. And I, I, they have surprised me on the defensive end in terms of how well they've been uh, so far. Will it hold up? We'll see. Uh, let's see. Um, Rutgers core club. How long is the ideal time for Rutgers in this basketball reaction video? Uh, probably never enough. Um, I, you know, I could talk about hoops all day. I'm sure you would like me to as well, but, um, I say, ideally, I don't like to make the videos more than 10 minutes because I feel people uh, probably don't want to watch for that long. Maybe, uh, as I'm recording a 50 minute podcast, it's hypocritical, but hopefully you're listening to this. Uh, uh, nurse Meg, uh, sent a question. She was sitting behind the bench, the rider game. What's this tracker in the gym shorts of the men's basketball team? It's like kind of a sensor patch on uh, their shorts. Um, and uh, Jackie Lavelle actually answered it, which is the right answer. It's a fitness tracker collecting performance data that helps them in practice. This is true. I've known that men's basketball has done this for a while. I think other sports do it as well. It just tracks their heart rate, um, you know, uh, their, their uh, other, other fitness-oriented uh, uh, things they can measure and track. Um, and it's kind of high tech and I like it. So that's what that is. Um, and then, uh, is there any other questions? I, I hate to miss anybody if I did. Um, it looks like that is everything. Oh, one more from Dave White. Uh, my uh, friend, Dave White, uh, if you were to compare Rutgers athletics to a night of TV, which would it be TGIF must see Thursdays, etc.? This seems like an old timer question, Dave, because, uh, what is TV anymore with streaming and Netflix and everything, all the different services. You can watch anything at any time. Um, but I would say Rutgers Athletics, I mean, it's must-see TV for me. Uh, 
in terms of, uh, and I think for all Rutgers fans, and I think what's exciting is that there's so many sports, you know, at least me personally, that, you know, we, we can check out on BTN and BTN Plus and that you want to check out and, and, and watch. Um, you know, and I think uh, wrestling is, you know, a team that I can't wait to watch on BTN this year. Uh, you know, uh, and, and think they're, they're they have a lot of exciting uh, athletes. You know, Brian Saldano is is unbelievable at 184. Uh, what's going to happen with him and Poznanski? Um, you know, I think Boom McDermott. I'm excited to see what he can do in the Big Ten with the added weight that he's put on. Uh, Anthony White, after you know, number one redshirt at 149 last year, is uh, you know off to a good start. There's just so many good wrestlers right now in that program. So excited about them. Um, you know, I think gymnastics is going to take a, a step forward this winter. I know not everybody wants to watch gymnastics, but I'm excited to see what they can do. And then the spring, I mean, you have both lacrosse teams on the rise. You have baseball. Uh, I, I'm excited about track and field. Rowing's been a top 15 program nationally. So, I mean, what what is there not to watch at Rutgers? So my point is, is it really HBO Max? Is it, uh, you know, Netflix? Is it a streaming service where there's so much to watch? And so much exciting things to put on. That's my answer. It's not a night. It's, you know, Rutgers Athletics has become a streaming service in the sense of there's so many things you want to watch and stay on top of. And I kind of came up with that as we're talking. So I hope Dave's satisfied with that. And with that, I just wanted to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Um, you know, I've had, uh, th there are a few tweaks going on with the site right now. So if you've had problems getting on, on the last uh, 24 hours, I apologize. I wanted to get this podcast out, get some content out. Hopefully you listen uh, maybe while you're cooking the turkey or on the road tomorrow, uh, or, or this weekend at any time, uh, have, you know, lots to cover this weekend with Rutgers men's basketball, Rutgers, uh, football. Um, and I'll have plenty of coverage at the Scarlet Faithful, uh, as well. So. Thank you for listening once again uh, to this podcast. And I wish everyone a happy, healthy Thanksgiving with you and your families. And thanks again for listening here at The Scarlet Faithful.